Hello everyone, this is your host Ramakrishna from Usha Investment Group LLC. Welcome back to Multifamily AP360, the show where we discuss 360 degrees views on mindset, passive and active multifamily investing. For those who are looking for tips, strategies, best and challenging experiences. Also, I request you to share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Today's our guest is Gabe Gruzinski from Gruzinski Capital. Welcome, Gabe. Hey, good morning. Thanks, Rama, for having me on. Sure, Gabe. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining. Little bit about Gabe. Gabe CEO at Gruzinski Capital is a U.S. Marine with over 20 years of experience in the telecom and construction industries. He has extensive experience in negotiating and managing multi-million dollar contracts. Gabe looks at multiple data points to help determine where we can add more value to properties, which in turn provides the best returns for investor partners. So with that, Gabe, you want to add anything to your background? No, I, I think, think you, you hit it, up, hit it all. Um, so I, I guess I left, left the telecom industry just earlier this year. And that was after a, yeah, I'll just say it's, it was, it was over two decades. I, I don't want to show my age. I think my beard and the little, little highlights in it probably, probably show it some, but, but yeah, left, left my W2 career just earlier this year to focus solely on, uh, on real estate. Great. And you, you work on Marine side and also telecom. So how did you get into real estate and multifamily? What is the reason? So I guess that started almost six years ago. My I, I sort of followed my wife's lead. Actually, my my wife uh, was pregnant with with our old, oldest son, and then after he was he was born, she decided that she didn't want to go back into corporate America. So um, she went and got her her real estate license, and you know with with that we sort of started um, investing in in single family. Um, I also uh, went and got my mortgage license as well. And then, you know, after doing that, you know, we did fix and flips, we did some owner finance, we did, you know, land, you know, small multifamily, we did did a little bit of everything, but really didn't didn't enjoy it. So we we actually started to transition, I guess it was, you know, about two and a half years ago, right before COVID hit, we we were looking at, you know, pivoting and going into the short term rental space, but then COVID hit. So we we decided that that probably wasn't wasn't a, a good thing to be getting into at that point. So then we changed our focus to multifamily. So, so that's you know so we got started in multifamily about two and a half years ago is uh, when we really started focusing solely on on uh, commercial multifamily. Got it. So how's that going in multifamily side? Um, it's it's going going pretty good. We we had actually you know right at the beginning of COVID we had had a property under contract. It was, it was a really, really interesting deal. Uh, 28 units. It was a former, former timeshare on a, you know, it was on 28, yeah, 28 units on a little over nine acres on a lake um, had, you know, over 500 foot of, of frontage. Um, and because it went bankrupt, you know, it wiped, you know, there were probably a thousand liens on the property because of it being, being a timeshare. So the bankruptcy wiped, wiped all the liens clear and it had been sitting sitting vacant for years, you know, contacted the owner, negotiated 
owner finance on it. And, uh, and we, you know, we, we thought we, we had a great deal. Some of the units were, you know, two, I think two of the, it was seven, seven, four plexes, probably two of the buildings were, you know, basically livable condition, you know, maybe minor repairs. So we, we thought we were, we were in great shape. We got an under contract end of February, uh, 2020. So as you know, Two weeks later, COVID hit, so the capital markets dried up. You know, a lot of the equity markets dried up, and uh, we sort of panicked, and and we ended up finding a buy. We wholesaled that one and found a buyer for it. So we actually, you know, our first property that we closed on, uh, we got under contract later that summer, closed on it. You know, fall, and then we just uh, exited that one about three months ago now at this point. So. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And you have extensive experience in negotiating and managing multi-million dollar contracts. So would you share a little bit more about that experience and also some best practices in negotiating? You know, as a, you know, previously in my telecom career, you know, I would, I was a program manager and would, you know, for any single project, you know, we would, I think, I think the biggest project was probably 10, 10 to $20 million. And it's, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, being able to, to review scope of works and getting, getting real detailed and granular because, um, you know, you tend to find out working in, you know, and the same, same holds true in, in multifamily when, when you get quotes, but they're, they're not really, really detailed or granular that, that uh, leaves a door wide open for, you know, change orders or, or them coming back with out of, out of scope items. And so that was, you know, that, that's something that, that we, I think I got pretty good at. I mean, you know, we, we would generally obviously go out to multiple, multiple vendors for, for a lot of work. Um, you know, after in time, you, you tend to tend to see which ones are, are, uh, you know, going to treat, treat you well. And, you know, are, they're not going to come back and, and try to change order you to death. Um, and then, you know, have also been involved in, you know, a working at a fortune 500 company, we did a, it was a multi-year, it would have been, I think contract value was three or $4 billion that I got to, you know, be in, be involved with. And it's definitely an interesting experience when you have, you know, uh, half a dozen or, or a dozen lawyers, you know, on, on both sides of the, of the table, you know, going through and redlining, you know, hundreds of pages of, of a contract. So, you know, definitely an interesting experience. Yeah. And also from multifamily side, so from value add point of view, so what kind of data points you look uh, to determine where exactly we can bring more value to the, the property and also bring better results or returns to the investors? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, so obviously I mean, every, everyone looks for, for under market rents, um, you know, like one that we're currently under contract on and should be closing here within the next uh, 30 to 45 days. You know, when once we did a did a lease audit, well, and then also speaking with the property manager, we were able to find that, you know, like pet rent was under market. The covered parking uh, is is under market. You know, and then then during due diligence, we found you know multiple storage rooms that are unutilized. So we're we will be converting those into putting some storage lockers in there. You know, so that the tenants have have a place there on property that they can store uh, store items and and we get paid for space that was was 
not utilized previously. So, you know, and I, I think that'll, that will, will definitely, you know, obviously help, help returns. I mean, I, I think we calculated just in that and then rubs, they weren't billing back for sewer and water. They were billing back for, for trash and pest control, but not, not a uh, water and sewer. So, you know, I think between, uh, you know, those four or five items, um, you know, that's going to increase value by was close to a million, million dollars on a pretty small property. So, so uh, what markets you're focusing on? Okay. So we, we're, you know, we are, uh, have a pretty, pretty large net, um, really anywhere in the, the Southeast and Texas, but predominantly, you know, we like to look sort of in our backyard in the, uh, Texas triangle predominantly. So uh, ha- haven't really had much luck in, in Austin, but I know we've, we've looked at and, and, uh, been in best and finals or, or have been under contract on properties, you know, in, in DFW. Uh, San Antonio and Houston. And what what kind of uh, assets you're looking? Well, now um, you know, given our our background with the, with our uh, debt and equity brokerage, um, you know, we're we're seeing where institutional money um, likes to invest. So so we're trying to to adjust our our buy box to better better fit you know their buy box so that we can potentially you know, partner and, and get, uh, you know, bring some large check writers to the table. So, so definitely seventies and above prefer 80, 80 and newer assets. Generally, it's going to be a, you know, class, uh, I would say B minus and better um, area. Definitely. Well, I guess, guess with that asset age, we really shouldn't have to worry about chillers, but chillers are a big no. Um, don't mind boilers. You know, we, we use crimegrade.org. Um, for our, you know, to, to uh, you know, get an idea of what the crime is like. And so with that, we, we want a, a C or better area. And then since we, we want properties that, that are predominantly two and three bedroom, uh, no higher than 50, 50%, you know, one bedrooms, we want the schools to be good. So, you know, we look at the uh, composite score, adding the elementary, middle and high school together and, you know, when we do that, we want that score, that number to be at least a 15 or better. So, you know, average schools are better. Um, so we can, you know, get a, a good quality tenant in there and, you know, they'll stay for, for a longer period of time. Got it. Got it. Cool. And so would you share any of your best real estate investing experience so far? Well, um, you know, I, I would say, you know, definitely choose partners wisely. Um, you know, because this this is you know as long as they're if they're taking an active role, you know I know all partners should be active, but um, you know that's not always the case. But if if they're going to be playing an active part in in the syndication, then then you want want a good partner that you can work with long term. Um, and uh, yeah, that yeah. would be it. Got it. How to how to choose right partner or wise partners? <sighs> Man, you know. I'm I'm not always the probably the best judge of character. I mean, uh, most of the time I I'm pretty good, but but uh, I also get my my wife's feedback. She tends to tends to uh, be a you know have a, a good good sense of of character. So um, so getting her feedback definitely helps. And you know obviously there's you know personality tests and stuff that that you can do, but you know generally you don't want to you want to get to know someone. You know sit down with them over 
over lunch or dinner and, you know, truly get to know them. You can't just jump in and, you know, expect everything to be great because chances are they're, you know, you're going to have run into some challenges along the way. And, you know, you want someone that's going to be able to to take that in stride and, and keep moving forward. Got it. So would you also share any of challenging or worst experiences in real estate side? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know we had had a, an opportunity and, uh, you know, it, it sort of fell apart. We, we, and it wasn't totally on the lender, but, you know, it was a, uh, something that we had to close by, by end of year. And, uh, you know, we were told, you know, that it wouldn't be a problem, uh, to get it done by the lender. And then, uh, you know, it was end of December and still didn't have the appraisal back. Um, the appraisal actually didn't come back until I think like the first or second week of January. And by that time contract had expired and, you know, we, we, we didn't have a good sense that, that it was going to close. You know, we, we didn't, couldn't say for sure when it would close. Um, so I know we, we did not put up any additional money. We were already hard six figures at that point and, uh, you know, didn't want to lose another <laughs> six figures, which I think is probably what it would have taken to extend it. So, so yeah, that was, that was a uh, pretty disappointing because the, the appraisal came back, um, about a million dollars over what we had it under contract for. And then, uh, you know, went back to market and I think it sold for $2 million more than we had it under contract for. So that you know, looking back, it's it's a tough tough pill to swallow, but you know, it's a good lesson learned. Got it, got it. Yep. And what is your current focus, Gabe? Well, current focus is really on on, uh, and we're 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 still looking at some deals, but you know, I, I think we're focusing more right now on you know helping sponsors get deals closed um, and and finding institutional equity uh, to help them do so. Because I know in this this environment, uh, it's a little tougher to to raise capital right now than it was you know six nine months ago. So being able to to uh, identify you know a capital provider that can come in and you know write a you know couple million dollar check definitely definitely helps a lot. Got it. And any of your personal habits that are helping you to be successful? I mean, I, I would you know I would say um, you know just just being able to uh, to talk to some of these uh, capital providers definitely helps uh, and then you know knowing knowing the industry knowing knowing some of the pain points that people are seeing right now um, certainly helps cool cool and any books that impacted your life and what way and i've i know i've well i don't really read as much as i would like to anymore i do a lot of audible you know there's there's one that i have started and still need to finish and and that's who not how because I, I tend to uh, tend to try to take take everything on myself, and I need to, need to uh, to learn how to delegate more. So, got it. Cool. And how are you giving back to community? We we donate donate to our church uh, quite a bit, um, and that's you know that's really really primarily it right now. We have we have three kids, one six and ten, so that keeps us <laughs> keeps us pretty busy. You know when we're when we're not working so you know between the different sports that that they're in and and uh they're not all going to the same schools so it's it's fun yep <laughs> and how can listeners can connect with you um i would say you could go to our website grzinskycapital.com um you know and otherwise you know with my my age uh you're probably best to find me on 
on Facebook or LinkedIn. Um, you know, really don't do the gram or TikTok uh, too much, but hey, you may, you may see, see a, a bald guy dancing on TikTok or something in the future. Cool. Thank you, Gabe. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Yes, thank you. Sure. Thanks for listening to Multifamily AP360. Check out the show notes and grab the freebie on our website, ushacapital.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Follow me on my social media. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time.